Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. This is part one of a three-part series with Dr. Chris H. Hardy on the infinite spiral staircase theory. Dr. Hardy is a psychological anthropologist and a systems theorist. She is the author of numerous books, including Cosmic DNA at the Origin, Networks of Meaning, and The Sacred Network. She has been a parapsychology researcher at the Psychophysical Research Laboratory at Princeton University. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for coming from so far away to be here. Thank you also. You began your work as a teenager, and, uh, and it had to do with your own spiritual quest. You traveled throughout the world living like a, a sadhu, like a, yes. like a spiritual monk. And uh, at that time, you began to open up chakras. You began to experience spiritual psychic visions that became the basis of your theoretical work. Can you describe what it was like for you as a teenager? Well, I started uh, to explore meditation when I was uh, 18. And uh, I had gone through the basic books uh, of the Eastern religion, like uh, the, um, the Vedanta philosophy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had gotten an idea of a kind of a state that you could achieve on the aim of uh, uh, exploring your own consciousness and mm -hmm. achieving high state. And I started uh, teaching myself meditation, and I got very quickly into high state of consciousness, not very high, but uh, um, a state of harmony with uh, nature and with the world, because I had been uh, writing poetry, and I, I had already a taste of those state of harmony with nature around mm -hmm. me. So it was kind of easy to get into those state. And the focus was just different. It was my own inner uh, consciousness. And then uh, I wanted absolutely to go to India, but I had to finish my bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I was done, I just jumped <laughs> and uh, went with uh, first uh, going to India. That was uh, my long-term aim mm -hmm. since my teens. And uh, so I was 21 at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, many young people were migrating to India for s on a spiritual search in those well, days. Well, it was the first year. Uh -huh. It was uh, interestingly enough. Uh, it was the first year of uh, of the hippies uh, on the road. You mm -hmm. know, we were like uh, in the hundreds. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I each I after a stay with a Sufi master, where I got uh, into even higher state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. After a few months, I took my little uh, backpack, which was just a, a, a woven <laughs> um, pack, uh, and I, I went to India, and mm -hmm. I started traveling on the, 
with no money. I had left mm -hmm. uh, everything isn't, isn't it the case that even before you went to India, you had other experiences in Europe, for example, at a monastery? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, when I was uh, 19, I, I, with my boyfriend of the time, we went to a monastery because we had heard that the monks were having uh, very strong spiritual experiences. They were uh, an Orthodox Celtic uh, order of monks, mm -hmm. but they were also very knowledgeable uh, in all kind of uh, lore, like uh, the Tibetan culture and meditation. And uh, they were making... Uh, and, and so when I when I got there, I had my first experience of uh, uh, what I called at the time a telepathic field. A telepathic field. Yes, because uh, as soon as I was in uh, the monastery and we were not talking with the monks, like after dinner or during the meals, uh, when I was alone on all the monks, we were not, they were not so many, like they were six or seven monks. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend was uh, going to be one of them. I had to mm -hmm. leave him there. Uh, but it was like uh, when everybody was around doing uh, weaving work in the garden or whatever, yes. I would still be... Um, it, it was like my mind was uh, uh, bothered by the voices of the, the thoughts of the monks. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, it was bothering me so much because I, I am... Uh, uh, a person who likes to be in inner states mm -hmm. and, and be by myself in mm -hmm. my mind. And so I, I started going, trying to find a, a place where I could meditate and read and, uh, and write, uh, being alone in my mind. And I found a meditation rock. But, uh, when the, the next time, I, I guess it was in the afternoon because I was going out of the monastery on a small path towards the rock I had uh, found, mm -hmm. which was absolutely perfect. And on that way, uh, I was still, uh, my mind was still clogged with uh, the thoughts of the monks. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I made one more step and it was, uh, absolutely abrupt. Uh, I was alone in my mind, so I found this so strange that I I took a step back, mm -hmm. a step back, and uh, here they were again clogging my mind. In other words, the telepathic field had so something like a boundary. Yeah, it had it had such a precise boundary that one step forward, I was alone in my mind. One step backward. All the, the, the minds of the monks were there. Mm -hmm. And yet, I, we could, I could receive on my rock, I could receive a telepathic thought that was, uh, sent to me. But it was not the same as the field, which was like, uh, I would say the boundary was about 150 yards from the monastery, from the main building. Mm -hmm. So when you were within that boundary, the, Thoughts of all the monks sort of overwhelmed you, but once you left a particular spatial location, then uh, you experience the solitude that you prefer. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, and uh, it's something uh, that uh, we we have great difficulty to understand. But uh, uh, is that thought is 
also uh, an energy. Consciousness, in fact, is an energy. And I, I give you another example, which was uh, extremely uh, speaking for itself, is that uh, at one point in one of my travels, I went to uh, California. Mm -hmm. And I had some friends there. I was staying at that place. And uh, the woman was uh, taking some courses of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. uh, and I... She asked me to accompany her, and I went, when I got there, the teacher decided that he was going to take me uh, as a, a subject of experience mm -hmm. for his other student to practice collective hypnosis on me. Okay. So I was laying down on the couch, and they were uh, in a file, each one uh, with his or her hands on the person in front of, uh, of them. Yes. And all of them were giving their energy to the first one who was having his hand above me and trying to hypnotize me. Oh. <clears throat> and what was very strange is that I was lying on the couch, absolutely ordinary state of consciousness, and they get in a line, they prepare themselves, and now the first one, okay, we go. The first one is hypnotizing me. And all the other ones are giving their energy to the first one. How interesting. And suddenly, I hear an incredible silence. And I, I, I say, but what is this? Was there so much noise before? And it was just the noise of the people thinking by themselves, you know, like... Yeah. And once they get all focused on the first one, absolute silence. So it, it is a mental silence, you mm. know. Now, you had other experiences in India. <clears throat> in particular, you talk about being with the sadhus on the beaches at Goa in India, where you also played music and uh, went into trance states and yes. experienced the uh, uh, telepathic, I think you call it the Telhar field, or the telepathic harmonious field, where yes. people are all engaged uh, in a similar state of consciousness at the same time. Yes. Uh, uh, the interesting thing is that when you are a group of people, there is a possibility to reach a state of uh, of collective consciousness which is totally harmonized and it is it is the other facet of uh, of the telepathic uh, field that i was experiencing in uh, brittany mm -hmm. in the monastery with the monks with the monks uh -huh. and this time uh, it was in uh, the first uh, experience i had it in uh, nasik like you would say a year and a half after the monastery mm -hmm. And uh, I got to this uh, sacred town, and uh, I was going down the first uh, day. I had found a place where to sleep. I was going down to the s sacred part of the town, and uh, uh, suddenly uh, it was the same thing, but in the other way around, is that I made a step on the way, on this little street going down to the bath on, on the river, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, and suddenly, one more step, and I was in this absolutely unbelievable harmony field. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the, and all the Indian people inside the field, their eyes was, were totally open. It was like a, a field was so big, it was taking the whole uh, quarter of town, that was a sacred mm -hmm. part, with hundreds 
of temples, you know, mm -hmm. uh, around the river with a bath, uh, and sacred bath. Many, many sadhus and meditators. Yes, yes. And it was a sacred town, one of the four major secret towns uh, in India. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nasik, uh, it's near Bombay. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was it was a field of harmony. So this time, because the monk, the, the ascetics, uh, are of a different culture and they are so used to meditate, meditating all day long, all yes. night long, even in their dreams. They've been it's, doing this for thousands of years in yes, India. Yes, in the same place, in mm -hmm. this sacred town. So basically, they don't, uh, you don't have this aspect of uh, telepathic and disorder thoughts, you mm -hmm. know, that was troubling me in uh, Brittany. Yes. You have an absolutely silent, and share consciousness. People, you know? these people, you might say they're in a state of samadhi. Oh, practically. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would say, you know, there is such an, an enormous difference between, uh, uh, if you imagine uh, an ascetic, you know, uh, he's meditating all day long, even he has a yoga during his sleep, yes. where he's constantly, like the Tibetans, they are constantly focused on the white light, this, they've dedicated their entire life yes, to this. Yes. They, they left everything. They are live like beggars with no money, and you were doing the same. You were yes. living that way without any money, just like them, with that single-minded focus. Yes, I had, uh, I had been willing to go as far as I could in terms of uh, understanding. I had the impression when before I left that I was going to die in a, in a matter of three or four years, and I. Had, I had, I was trying to get the most, uh, as, as far as I could go on the path of uh, enlightenment, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I had devised that if I was going, uh, if I was uh, having an experience totally opposite to whatever I had lived already, I would go the farthest possible. Mm -hmm. And that meant having no money because I had before and being alone because I had been uh, protected by people. And, and being in a very faraway country, which had to be India, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So I did that, and I left the money, and as soon as I was in uh, India, whatever little money was left to me was stolen while I was meditating in a temple. Mm -hmm. It was just absolutely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stayed a year and a half, mm -hmm. and then again I came back a year later. So the sadhus in India, even though you were from a different culture, and they are mostly male, and you were female. They accepted you as oh. one of them. Ah, no, no, no. You have uh, Mataji Sadhu. You have women Sadhu. Oh. Uh, yes, it's a part of the culture. Okay. I mean, and, uh, the Sadhu, for the Sadhu, you know, uh, man or woman doesn't make any difference. I see. What is important for them is uh, that you are on a quest, and you are looking to understand uh, something. You are, you are, you are on the, the path mm -hmm. of self uh, of knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. you know. And in addition to deep meditative states, there were also trance dances and music. And oh, yes, in Goa. Uh, in the, um, at, not at this time, in the 70s, it was only, um, we had some kind of parties uh, playing music together, mm -hmm. but uh, they were mostly uh, Everybody was always in a meditative uh, state. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, later, yes, uh, in the, when I got back there again in the 
in the end of, uh, just for the turn of, of the millennium and then uh, oh. afterwards, uh, then, then we had those trance dancing mm-hmm. and, uh, with, uh, techno music, goa trance music. And, and there, I, it was another type of experience because we were now, we could be now 5,000 people in, uh, in one, uh, 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 dancing, you know, mm-hmm. and we would still again, uh, reach uh, a Taylor field, you know, a, like a, a telepathic, harmonic, harmonic, harmonious field of yes. energy through the music. Yes, mm-hmm. and what was interesting in the in the trance dancing is that you the first uh, the first thing you do is uh, as a group of people uh, is to harmonize your bodies mm-hmm. with the rhythm. Mm-hmm. So. Then you get into the rhythm, which is at the beginning very low uh, quality. I would say it's just very basic mm-hmm. kind of uh, beat, mm-hmm. you know. And then, uh, if you are into a conducing, uh, conducive kind of uh, um, environment, and India is always a conducive mm-hmm. environment, and the people who are attracted to India also, they have a specific mm-hmm. yes. uh, psychology. And so, basically, the, the field, the quality of, uh, of the energy mm-hmm. of consciousness, which is shared mm-hmm. between, in this field, is rising uh, during the transcendence. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you reach the, the level of harmony between everybody, where you get into a, a Taylor field, you mm-hmm. know, which has very, very specific uh, property in terms of space and time, mm-hmm. in that, as we saw, uh, we said earlier, it has, it creates a kind of huge bubble, which uh, for a, a psychic uh, like me, uh, you're able to see uh, the bubble of energy, like I, I had this experience with f- four people meditating mm-hmm. in, uh, in the mountains in Mana- Manali, and we reached a tailor tail field, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly we felt our minds were perfectly harmonized, like a fusion state between a, a few people, like mm-hmm. four people in that case, mm-hmm. and at the moment we reach a oneness state, and our minds were uh, like one mind, at that moment, there was, I saw, uh, a torus of energy, it's like a donut of energy turning at incredible speed between mm-hmm. our forehead, uh, on, on, the, uh, head chakras. Mm-hmm. And at the same moment, there was a huge bubble of, uh, it was like creating a bubble, uh, which was shiny, like a soap bubble, you know? That you were able to visualize, and it encompassed all four of you. Is that right? It's not visualizing; uh, it's uh, percept- perceiving. 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 For me, it's a, it's a very, very stable perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> in the sense that, uh, as soon as uh, my energy is uh, kind of uh, at a certain level, but if there is anybody which uh, who is at uh, at this level of energy. Of, uh, of being, uh, in sync with his own self, mm-hmm. with a big S, you know, his own, uh, soul. No, no, not the ego, the higher self. The higher self. Like the self in the sense of Carl Jung, like the, the inner, mm-hmm. uh, high consciousness. Yes. 
which is creating those fields. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. This is uh, at the level of the self that the field is created. Okay. So if there is anybody at this level, uh, like meditating yes. around me, immediately mm -hmm. I, I am in sync, sync with this mm -hmm. level. And I can see, for example, the, the energy configuration of the field Mm -hmm. of the person meditating. Now you, I think it's fair to say, had become quite an advanced meditator in terms of what are known as the chakras and the opening up of each chakra, including the highest of the chakras. Yes, early so. But uh, uh, I must say that uh, um, from the 70s where, uh, uh, you know, we were kind of reaching that state, like in Goa, the few hundred people uh, that were uh, in Goa and then Manali and Benares and the sacred places in India, mm -hmm. we were all... Uh, after a few months, we were all like the sadhus. We were all mm -hmm. at the head chakras. I see. You, and when you say we, you, I, I assume you're referring to other Europeans who yes. were with you. Yes. Because at that time, the people that were going, coming from any kind of country, I mean, no, at the time it was Americans, uh, English people, some German people, uh, rarely some rare Japanese people, mm -hmm. and that were on French, of course, and, uh, and we were all on a quest. Mm -hmm. we, we were not going to India to, for anything else than to learn from, uh, from this very ancient culture. Mm -hmm. and, and what you discovered is that this is a culture that was very knowledgeable and experienced in these, the, the highest states of consciousness. Of course. Since a millennia, you know, mm -hmm. it's a millennia old culture. But what is uh, extremely uh, important, and uh, that's why, as far as I'm concerned, I know that's why I knew I was going to find the answer in India. It's because their texts are extremely clear about their science of uh, chakras and uh, the states of consciousness and they have devised uh, like uh, a lot uh, a different paths of yoga mm -hmm. some of, of them are in uh, the Tibetan religion yes. of course but they are the clearest culture the Hindu and the uh, on the Vedanta philosophy and the Tibetan uh, uh, Buddhism they mm -hmm. are the clearest text uh, to get information about state of consciousness mm -hmm. on, on the chakra. Mm -hmm. While you have the, the chakra system in any Eastern religion. Mm -hmm. And this is where you develop the concept of the telepathic harmonious field, uh, which became the foundation for your work on the infinite spiral staircase yes. theory. Well, did you find nothing equivalent in the uh, Vedantic literature to the telepathic harmonious field? Never. Uh, I, I have hardly found um, and I believe that this is uh, could be the, the root of a new uh, science, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, it, it's a, it, in itself it's a, it's a whole domain of experience. Mm -hmm. 
with a very specific uh, state where you see the energy of consciousness creating fields that are that are perceptible and i i have not seen the, this in any kind of uh, ancient treaties whether in esoterica whether in uh, eastern religions uh, i have for 10 years, you know, 12 years, mm-hmm. I've been only reading this before I got into science. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, I have not seen any, uh, I have seen only a slight, uh, um, suggestion mm-hmm. of something that could be a collective state yeah. in an, a very ancient uh, book on alchemy. I see. And you also noticed, as I recall, that these Telepathic harmonious fields were associated with certain temples and sacred sites. Yes, definitely. It's like uh, the the Taylor field mm-hmm. uh, is uh, an imprinting of the energy of consciousness of uh, the people who are uh, living those fields, who are experiencing those fields, but a very a specific property of this energy of consciousness, which I call semantic or SIG energy, Mm -hmm. is that it is imprinting matter. So when you have a sacred object, you have uh, an object that has been used in rituals, for example, or or even as a decoration, but an object Mm -hmm. you love, and this object is constantly imprinted by this energy of consciousness, the mm-hmm. sick energy yeah. of the persons or the people that are interacting with it. When you say sick mm-hmm. energy, I assume that you, you're referring to... Uh, semantic. Semantic energy, but also the word signify, we would say. Yes, it, it has yes, meaning. Yes. The energy is is yes. not just a physical force. It embodies meaning. Yes, that's the root of semantic. Yeah. Semantic in Greek, semanticus, uh, means uh, that what has to do with meaning, creating meaning, right. meaning as a verb, mm-hmm. as a dynamics. And, and human beings, when they engage in various sacred rituals, sometimes over centuries, even millennia, uh, they imprint objects the and, and locations with yes. with their very high intentions. Yes. And, and this yes. is something you could actually perceive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can... Uh, uh, even even uh, all monuments, you know, because of... Uh, uh, can be... Uh, have a certain specific SIG energy. Mm-hmm. So you have... For example, when I was uh, young, I could see uh, over Paris that there were rays of light mm-hmm. above the buildings, mm-hmm. not only uh, the sacred building like mm-hmm. the Cathedral Notre Dame, but also on uh, the Tour Eiffel and uh, on all kinds of domes. And I would see this... Uh, and above people also, uh-huh. I can see this. Even as a child? Bef- bef- no, no, I'm not talking. I, I woke up at 18 when I started meditation. When you had this awakening. I have practically yeah. rare, only rare things I've been before that. Well, Chris H. Hardy, thank you so much for sharing this half hour with me on telepathic harmonious fields. Thank you, Jay. And thank you for being with us. And be sure to check your listings for parts two and parts three of this series of interviews on the infinite spiral staircase theory of Dr. Chris H. Hardy. 